Welcome to the ITAM Review Podcast, news, reviews and resources for ITAM, SAM and software licensing professionals. Join us at our Wisdom UK conference with a focus on taking ITAM beyond IT on the 5th and 6th of June at Twickenham Stadium in London. To get 20% off early bird and standard ticket prices, use code RADIO20 at the checkout. Welcome to the ITAM Review Podcast. Today I have uh, Christoph Harvey from Death Centre. Um, very fortunate to have Christoph here in sunny Swindon, which is where the ITAM Review is founded. So Swindon's in the, in the west of the UK and is Swindon's famous for its magic roundabout that you've, you've had to <laughs> negotiate this morning. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Um, I'd really like to introduce you and Death Centre to the ITAM Review audience. I was fortunate enough to come over to see you in Leipzig uh, probably a couple of years ago now. Yeah. I was impressed with what the you guys were doing. Um, but let's start with you first, if we may. So how, let's take a step back. How did you get into IT? Why, why are you at Death Center? How did, how did that come about? <laughs> okay, less impressive than the company, but uh, let's go there. I'm German-Canadian, so I was actually born in Germany, but then grew up in Canada, finished high school and university there. Uh, and uh, one of the friends of the family uh, was managing director at Nixdorf Computer back then, in 1987. And I got the opportunity to work at their head office in Paderborn in Germany uh, and started as the assistant to the vice chairman. So I got uh, a pretty good start into the industry. It was fairly exciting times back then, not that we haven't got them now, but uh, back then uh, PCs were being introduced, you know, I was uh, able to come off Unix mail uh, and uh, Amber screen uh, You're really showing your age now. Devices, (laughs) absolutely. (laughs) Uh, I have been in this industry for 32 years, going on 33, so that was a bit scary as well. Um, And uh, we we did a lot of exciting things. moved to the UK first time uh, in 1989 for Nixdorf, uh, went into marketing and sales and that was the first time in Swindon uh, where we had gained Nationwide Anglia Building Society back then as a customer and I had to traverse the magic roundabout the first time, uh, today the second time but today with a left hand drive so challenge added. Uh, and then my career took me uh, through different stages. I was with a company called Sequent Computer Systems, uh, hardware-based, uh, Intel processor-based uh, Unix servers, uh, which got bought by IBM later. I was with them for uh, nine years, worked for them in, in the UK as well as in Munich in Germany, uh, and built up their Eastern European business. And uh, then uh, I had the opportunity to be the first managing director of Sage Germany after they'd made their first acquisitions uh, in the country. Um, After that, uh, the whole new market thing, uh, stock market, etc., we're all going to be rich, internet-based companies, you know. Uh, I was uh, with a web-based company that still exists, but uh, missed the the IPO by the crash. And so we had to do it on our own, Hyperwave, uh, they were called. And uh, from Hyperwave, I went on to Softline AG, they were basically a uh, uh, distributor for smaller resellers, uh, but that was a waning business model. And uh, so we enacted a, a business plan uh, with two more fundraisers over the stock market and turned them into 
the system hoster today, uh, interestingly enough, also in the SAM space, license management space, etc. That's the first time I came across uh, Desk Center, that was about 2009, and we were using them as a tool uh, for uh, deploying licenses uh, on a broad scale and rollouts and things like that. And uh, the founders uh, came to me in 2013 and asked whether I could support them in, in growth. Uh, they were looking for uh, financing for the company uh, at that time. And, uh, uh, well, what can I say? I liked it so much, I, I bought some of it myself. <laughs> so I invested uh, with some investors in, in the firm in 2013, uh, became a board member of theirs in 2014. Uh, and CEO in June 2015 um, and have been with them ever since so uh, heading on five years now with the company. Um, I was employee number 27 uh, when I uh, joined them. We're now near 100 uh, people. We're heading towards 10 million in revenue. And Euros. Euros, yes. Sorry, love to be pounds, but who knows? In a couple of months, yeah. probably better with the euros. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. <laughs> a sensitive subject. Apologies to everybody who's offended. But <laughs> um, so Brexit or no Brexit, uh, we also decided to build up a UK presence as the first uh, non-German-speaking region, if you like, for the company. Um, and uh, we've got a team here that's working with partners uh, like Softcat, for example, uh, in terms of bringing the solution to market. That so if you were to describe Death Center to, to, to a family member that was outside of IT, how would you describe what you do? It was founded on the principle that the IT, especially in the small-medium uh, business market, uh, should have a tool that would help them manage their entire IT infrastructure because a lot of the SMB companies, which is a very strong market in Germany, um, couldn't afford two or three or five different software solutions uh, for their deployment for patch management and, and software deployment for um, license management, for asset management, which a lot of larger companies, as we know, did back then. And, and they've got five or six different solutions running for it. So Death Center developed an IT asset management solution, essentially, that includes license management, software asset management, contract management, uh, update, upgrade management, patch management, software deployment, OS deployment, um, as well as a, a help desk IT service management uh, element uh, and around it all a complete reporting uh, engine uh, that allows you to literally take any view on, on all of the data. Um, right. so, so just so our readers can, and our listeners can get their heads around this, um, SCCM is a huge you know, uh, dominant player in mm -hmm. that sort of market. Yeah. So you're almost competitive to that, and yet you work very closely with Microsoft. How does how does that work? How do you, how do you sit alongside the likes of those tools? Yeah, I mean we're in, in data center and in, in the continuation of the uh, software asset management expertise. We're gold partners of, of Microsoft. Yes, we do work with them. Uh, we're also a recommended product for SPLA uh, licensing and license management uh, with them. Uh, we're KPMG certified, uh, both on the uh, end user and on the CSP SPLA uh, platforms with KPMG. 
Uh, and yes, SCCM is, is a competitor. Now, what I've just described as a whole uh, doesn't have to be a whole. All the elements I just described are modular. So you can choose and say, uh, okay, I need uh, a license management or a software asset management uh, solution at the moment. And then you can just license and work with that module of Desk Center. The big thing is that it was all developed as one product. And uh, therefore, the uh, elements are tightly integrated. Uh, so if you wanted to expand functionality, you just change license key. And the new functionality, let's say, software deployment is immediately available with all the data that's there. Yeah. Because of the tight relationship with Microsoft, we've also got full integration of Active Directory, for example, so you don't have to leave uh, our uh, console to work AD, set up new users, assign licenses, do whatever you want to do in, in, in Active Directory. But SCCM, uh, as it was... Uh, let's say, uh, predominantly rolled out with Microsoft, you had an enterprise agreement, you got it with it, etc. is obviously present everywhere. And there's two things that, that can happen with that. Uh, one, for example, the government of Northern Ireland uh, works with us and they do their license management with us. So they monitor the usage of their licenses across agencies, across uh, departments, etc. And if there's unused licenses in one element, they reassign it to, to another. Now, at this point, you need to maybe uh, redeploy the licenses as well. And there we connect to SCCM. We give them what they to, to have to do, redeploy. And then SCCM uh, does that. Interestingly enough, in the last 8 to 12 months, we're starting to see that we are able to replace SCCM installations because customers want to do more with it than they can inside the Microsoft world. And, and why is that? You're, you're, you're growing, you're not, your team's growing, the revenue's growing. Why are people choosing Death Center over the likes of SCCM? Uh, SCCM specifically is because it's also fairly cumbersome to use, uh, difficult sometimes even, and uh, Microsoft gets very high, uh, Death Center gets very high marks uh, in the ease of use of their product. Uh, and it covers a full spectrum uh, of vendors. Um, we can even create MSI packages uh, if a product doesn't have one for reusability and deployment and patching. Um, so uh, the customer for, let's say, uh, equal pounds spent gets a lot more functionality, flexibility, and uh, uh, it's, it's much easier to work with. And, and that's where we're gaining here. A customer that, that started with one issue and then expanded on, on what they were doing with it is uh, Lufthansa card services. So not Lufthansa Group, but uh, the element that does the credit cards, the miles and more. Uh, and that essentially makes them a financial institution, which also uh, makes them having to adhere to a lot of rules and regulations at any point in time. And uh, they had the challenge that uh, the organization was very, or is very distributed, but they wanted to, because of the rules and regulations as well and the compliance issues, they needed to manage uh, the system centrally so that they knew if they had a security patch that was rolled out, that it was rolled out everywhere and they didn't have to depend on local organizations to do it. Uh, because if they didn't, because it's a, it's a connected network, then it would leave them exposed uh, in, in that sense. So and they decided for Death Center because uh, they could use Death Center and create a, a collection 
to roll out uh, with Death Center. So they could say, I need to roll out scripts to these machines. I want uh, these patches for these servers, but please install the patches during the server intervals in the different time zones. And I need to update and upgrade these user machines, and please do that with Wake on LAN uh, during nighttime, wherever it is nighttime at the time, uh, also time zone based, in other words. And so you create uh, a basket essentially to uh, uh, deploy uh, and then uh, kick it off. Now, they also uh, saw the license management uh, uh, element of ours and later on went and said, Great, let's put that as well because what Death Center can do is they say roll this out and Death Center will check whether you actually still have enough licenses contractually to do that or whether you need to, to buy more licenses in order to roll out the software that you're just planning to roll out. So they automated their contractual compliance with it as well, so they wouldn't have an under-licensing issue. And uh, all of this now happens literally, it's set up in, in Neuisenburg by Frankfurt in Germany, they push a button uh, and the rest Death Center does on an automated basis. And so you don't have, and that was the other attraction, you don't have the traffic running over the lines all the time for each system that you deploy software to, whatever. Uh, in each time zone or each location, the, that whole basket to be deployed or the elements that will be deployed locally uh, get deployed to a worker service of ours that you can set up on a simple machine. It doesn't take very much. Um, and it does the work locally then and just reports back when everything is done. So, so, one, so if you look at some of the big companies that have literally fallen over like Maersk or Equifax over, and it's, it's been down to one server that's been unpatched or something, somewhere. Yeah. And one of the failings of these types of tools is, yes, you'll set up this basket and you'll push it out, but let's say, let's pick on SECM, you'll push it out, but only it will only hit 90% of machines. And maybe some of them haven't got an agent installed for whatever reason, and some of the, sometimes the agent doesn't, doesn't connect or blah, 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 something happens. And, it, and you, so, so where's how do you in, how do you verify that this stuff is actually happening? You've got the best will in the world to do this, but how does how do you how can you ensure that you've got that comfort feeling that it's actually getting done? Yeah, it's one of the, the bigger uniques of, of uh, Death Center, if you like. Um, we can and do the discovery and inventory, so the scan of the infrastructure, completely agentless. So we don't have to depend on the fact that we've caught every machine uh, and installed an agent successfully on it before we get any information or can do an inventory or even see it. We see everything that's on the network and we can do a run, run a full inventory on it. And that's just not sort of uh, OSE-based hardware, um, operating system entity-based hardware, but it is also uh, SNMP devices like printers, uh, or things like routers, etc. Anything that's alive on the network, if you like. And uh, the KPMG certificate has, has shown that we hit to any uh, number of installation 100% of what's on the network. Now, where you need an agent uh, is when you've got uh, pieces of workforce that are work remote, that are not online all the time. Um, but because the customer can choose to run an inventory uh, every hour, every day, every half day, whatever they want. As soon as one of those machines logs in and is on the network, we can see it. And if it has been identified in the setup as a remote machine through the Active Directory connection that we have, then 
the center automatically will deploy the first time it sees the system an agent and the agent then every time the machine comes back online will automatically report what it's been recording uh, at that instance so we get very high marks for not missing anything and uh, the big thing that we have created out of this uh, is a security management element inside our uh, suite where we use the agentless inventory and agent-based inventory elements, the um, software asset management element uh, together, in that when we do an inventory, we can report back to the customer if there is any software on any machine or any device uh, that is not on the latest patch level. And we, through a software recognition catalog, uh, we group them by vendor and product. Um, and you can then highlight them and just say update or you can say anything that you find that isn't up to date, patch it automatically and then the license management li literally has found that result, knows what that result it's supposed to deploy. It takes uh, what out of what we call the app cloud which we uh, make available to our customers, the right patches and deploys them automatically and just tells the IT that that's done and those security risks are taken care of. Equivalently, the customer can say, okay, here is a list, uh, essentially, of our software that we allow. Uh, commercial software, freeware, open source software, that's our software pool. And that is also stored in the app cloud for desk center management suite to use. When we do the scan and we find the non-patched software elements, and we find software like gaming software or a healthcare organization in the UK here, an IKEA catalog that wasn't supposed to be left on the machine. Uh, we identified and reported back to the IT uh, that we found non-allowed elements, if you like. And the IT can then either manually or also automate the process and tell that center to deinstall those elements straight away and just report back whose machine they were on so they can speak to the users and uh, confer with them that that doesn't happen again sure. and things like that. You mentioned uh, non-operating system devices, yeah. like, like all devices. What are you seeing in the market in terms of the Internet of Things and companies switching those sorts of things on? Is that, because the feedback we're seeing is that companies are very much doing it, it's, it's, it's underway. Uh, but it's not necessarily an IT initiative to do it. It might be a supply chain thing or it might be a business unit doing it, mm. not so necessarily within the remit of IT. What, what are you seeing? Um, that's the biggest change that uh, we're going through also as vendors, I think us and our competitors, that uh, the, the classic IT asset management will, will not exist in five years' time um, because uh, overused word, but the digital transformation is driving uh, our customers to digitize what they can uh, in the supply chain, uh, in the uh, purchasing, uh, in the contact with their customers, because we're talking about generation X and Y. Like my kids, they grew up with iPads and phones and they use them better than I do. And their expectation is, for example, not to go to a supermarket and to push a trolley through aisles and waste half their Saturday, but 
to order that online and have it delivered to them when they want. Uh, and that changes, for, for example, the, the supermarket industry, their business model dramatically, and their dependence on IT and how to do this, and the devices to which it's being done. And there, congruently, you've got people that produce fridges or televisions or whatever, we're seeing it already in, in today's world, and where you all of a sudden have a computing device or an OSE device in your fridge or your, your television is connected to the internet and you go on the uh, uh, you know, Tesco app and, and you order your stuff because uh, you've just seen something in the series you're watching and go, wow, you know, Hagen does ice cream, I want that. And bang, you go. And of course, that'll change advertising, you know. And then advertising say, press this button and uh, you bang in the app and you order Hagen does ice cream and it gets delivered to you, you know. So uh, that'll force IT asset management solutions or tools to deal much more cross-platform, uh, operating system-wise, uh, etc., and anything could become a device in the future. Now, when I joined Desk Center uh, five years ago, I said uh, four years ago, I doubled our development team, and in parallel to the product today, we've been essentially redeveloping our software, and rather than trying to uh, improve the existing coding, uh, we decided to completely rebuild and develop new the Desk Center Management Suite and what is boringly known as Release 11 at the moment, because we're on Release 10 <laughs> as we speak, but boringly so because we also want to tell our over 1,200 existing customers that life will continue and even though it's a new product, you can upgrade to it and we've made sure, sure of that. Now the reason we've done that is because we want the capability and the differentiator that we have today, which is a complete suite of products that allows you to combine maybe four or five different systems that you have into one unit. They don't have to train people on several products, so it's a cost of ownership wise a lot more efficient. Uh, and they can work at their own pace. So they say, okay, I start with license management because that's what I got budget for now. And uh, then I'll introduce the patch management, etc. And all it takes is a, is a license key to extend the, the functionality. And they can replace other systems and combine it all into desk centers. And we wanted to keep that and that capability. But the new system uh, has uh, a, a complete different uh, database setup, much more capability in terms of growth and the number of devices it can handle, literally uh, hundreds of thousands if, if we wanted to. Um, and uh, it is built for unified endpoint management, if you like, and whereby we define unified endpoint management that you unify the endpoints so it doesn't matter what an endpoint is. Now, there's a couple of things that still have to happen in the market, which is, for example, uh, the hardware and software recognition, you know, uh, and but there's people building databases who are working uh, with some of them already that will recognize your non-IT devices that have IT capabilities uh, and so forth. But the clear message is, and uh, Release 11 is coming out in April, so in two months' time, um, April 2019. <laughs> so that we can uh, we can say, okay, when you invest in Desk Center now and you're starting to uh, build your uh, IT asset management environment with us, 
you are future-proof into the new world. And that's going to set us apart, I think, one more time from the competition, because nobody's gone through the effort or the risk, which was a risk for us as well, of redeveloping their software to meet the new world. But that's what we've done. With Release 11, a very cohesive, future-proof product for customers, wherever IT asset management is going, and that was the biggest task of the last couple of years. And I think that's what's going to pay off for the company. That's why we're now investing to grow internationally. And we have customers uh, that, you know, like Volkswagen Financial Services in the UK and Northern Ireland government, I mentioned a couple of small, medium-sized companies. But we were heavily investing also in working with well-known uh, system houses. So, so on that point, are you actively looking for partners? You mentioned 1,200 customers. I imagine that's predominantly in the sort of DAC region. Um, are you looking for, you mentioned Softcat, are you looking for partners globally? If people like this centre story, do you want to hear from partners? Uh, absolutely. We're, uh, we set up the UK as, as our international uh, sales hub, if you like. Uh, and uh, so native English spoken, etc. So uh, partners uh, should be getting in, in touch with our UK organization. Uh, we have and are speaking to organizations in South Africa and Asia Pacific at the moment and uh, one in the US as well. Um, because that, that's got to be the route for us forward. Because also something else that we're seeing, as uh, which was a trend and is becoming a fast-growing reality, is uh, the uh, issue of managed services uh, coinciding with the issue of war for talents. Uh, the IT industry, like I've never seen it in my 33 years, is, is strapped uh, for good technical people especially. Uh, the only time I've seen it was, uh, let's call it, during the SAP crisis, yeah, <laughs> where somebody could charge three grand a day and, and somebody would pay it because they needed an SAP specialist and couldn't find one. And it's similar now, but it's much broader, you know, be it technical resources, support resources, developers, uh, you know, they're all scarce. And so that's not just faced by our industry, but that's also faced by the customers. And so more and more customers uh, are calculating uh, cost versus reality, let's say. Can I do this or should I get certain things done uh, and managed? Now, very often and we're already doing this uh, with partners like Axions, for example, uh, uh, who offer something called license as a service uh, in German-speaking parts. And uh, there they literally say, okay, dear customer, uh, we will take over your license in software asset management and we will take responsibility. So we will manage that, we will manage audits, uh, true-ups, anything that comes, uh, comes your way. And if we get it wrong, then we pay the penalty uh, and wow. you don't. Right? A very strong message. And they're doing it on the basis of death center because they know the inventory they're getting, and the information they're getting, uh, the we, we've got. So one of the things, sorry, sorry, one, yeah, one, sure. of the, one of the things that struck me about managed service providers is you see, um, even though it's not that mature a market, it's a relatively new thing to do. Yeah. You know, uh, let me look after your SAM as a service. But what you find is, after two or three years, they've ripped out all of the potential savings, and then the customer's thinking, you know, you've done a fantastic job, but I can't really justify the ongoing cost. And it becomes a very commoditized argument. Um, but it's, it's a wonder that a lot of the, more of these managed service providers don't tap into the fact that they've refined the customer's data and can do things like security analysis and patching and 
point to the customer how they can they can grow their business basically they don't seem to have cotton on to that so much so this lends itself to that I guess um, well if everybody who's listening to this will be sitting here they see me smirking <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's because I, I can't tell you who because obviously it's going to be competitive advantage for them and they're planning that to be but uh, quite a few of the partners that we're working with in this space, managed service space, they're picking this center because they can do exactly that. Right. And they start in their comfort space and they license the elements they need from us for that, for license management service, uh, software asset management. But they know that if they smarten themselves up, they can offer additional services based on the same, on the same data, same data yeah, and yeah. same tool right. and enhance the value or value engagement uh, to the customer and make themselves more valuable and more long-term probably in the process. Right. I mean, one of, the, one of the no-brainers I would have thought if I'm, if I'm a SAM managed service provider is to have a security analyst sat on my customer's data. So if I've got 10, 20, 30, 50 customers, there's an analyst going, let me hunt for security risks yeah. based on my customers' inventory data, then that's a, that's a no-brainer, isn't it? Absolutely, and uh, it's exactly where it's going. And it turns back to our discussion earlier where our strength as a whole suite that's modular but integrated comes to play because we're then a known fact for those managed service providers as well. Uh, they know how to work with it because the, the, the touch and feel of any of the elements is the same. Uh, and they have uh, a cost basis that isn't going to surprise them if they want to offer now a security service and all of a sudden they have a tool that costs twice as much uh, for those elements and their whole pricing towards the customer gets skewed. Uh, I was going to ask, well, why is security so much more expensive than the license, manage, uh, license management uh, element? You know? So we, we can also give them peace of mind on, on, in terms of their pricing models uh, and making it competitive towards their customers. So what's, what's on the horizon for Death Center? What are you up to next? Um, it's really further developing release 11. And there's t three key elements that uh, we're going to cover next. Um, one is uh, a whole uh, API infrastructure that the, the customer can grab a hold of um, so that we connect to all kinds of other systems and can share data with them. So not like, uh, just like with SCCM that, that we've done or we're doing it with SAP uh, already, but uh, that literally uh, any system that you want to uh, include data with Death Center, you can do it, even competitive systems, let's say, you're saying, hey, I've got my deployment from Flexera, I'm, I'm happy with that, but I, I want the rest from you, and we'll say fine, and through the uh, standard API that we'll have for that, uh, will we'll connect. So to open the desk center world, to work with all kinds of other systems and integrate the data because people will want one console, they'll want one web dashboard to see it all, to drill down into it. They don't want to change system uh, systems. Yeah. One of the things that uh, we're, or two things that we're saying is one desk center is dynamic asset intelligence. So with dynamic, we mean any assets anywhere, and the information has to be available in the form that you need it, or the elements of the information that you need it. Um, and the, the other thing we're, we're going for uh, is use anywhere. 
Um, and uh, so the next thing we're also doing, uh, besides the APIs and the connections to other systems, is a complete web front end uh, for this. Now, I've seen some of our competitors do it, do it in elements and in parts, and again, I shied away from that doing it with the old system, knowing that we're completely re redeveloping it. So Release Elf 11 will have uh, a complete web front end to work with as well. And it'll do it right and it'll do it performant <laughs> uh, because it'll also be specifically developed for, uh, for that environment to, to make it optimal to use. And the last thing is really something that we're seeing that will help uh, automate processes towards users and uh, uh, give a best-in-class service for users from the IT side out uh, and help automate a lot of elements of the life cycle from purchasing an asset to retiring it. And that's an expansion of our service management uh, module to include much more uh, capability to build much more complex workflows than it, than it does now. Um, and essentially the goal is uh, that we've set ourselves is with the service management element to have something that makes it on an automated basis just as easy to book a service or get a device or ask for a device or book software from your IT department as it would be booking a train ticket online. So that a lot of the processes that the IT department is involved in now will become obsolete because the users can do it online themselves. The system, uh, we've got one customer, Engelbert Strauss, they're a European firm that makes working clothes and uh, outdoor clothing, etc. They already have uh, the shopping cart from us that we have. They've set up uh, workflow processes for newcomers, leavers, etc. But the biggest aspect that they love is that a user can go and say, I need this software. Death Center will recognize that uh, it's uh, cost associated with it, so it'll force the user to, to fill in a comment field on why uh, they want or need the software. A notification is sent to the cost center manager as well as the IT department. The IT department is told by the center, yes, you have a license left over, so you can assign it if you like. They'll say, yeah, fine, but it waits for the okay from the cost center manager saying, yes, my employee can have that piece of software. So once the two checks are done, by IT and cross center management, Desk Center deploys the software on the user's machine, uh, assigns the license to the user in the Active Directory, and just reports back that it's all done. And expanding on that for hardware purchases, for anything the user really wants, booking a service, what have you, uh, that's, that's what we want to achieve there. And essentially put service management at the center of all activities through workflows, automating as many IT processes as possible while documenting it because it's a ticket system, it's idle based. It, you know, therefore, you can prove that things were done and that is not just compliance uh, in the license management terms, but also DSGVO, uh, GPR, sorry, <laughs> in English, uh, GPR or uh, any aspect of government compliance, financial institution compliance, that you can say, yeah, no, it was done here on this day. And also it cuts down all the email, which everyone could do with a lot less of. Absolutely, yeah. So thank you, um, thank you for joining me. Um, lovely to see see you, and great to see what you guys are up to. Love what you're doing. So keep us posted. Thank you for joining me in sunny Swindon as well. Um, for those that are not familiar, um, the Magic Roundabout is a, a big roundabout made up of five separate roundabouts. 
Uh, and for, for locals in Swindon, it's actually a really efficient, it's the busiest part of town, right next to the football stadium, and you can get anywhere across the roundabout really, really quickly, moves really quickly. I think the reason it's not been adopted as a roundabout standard is it for anyone outside the town, they, they, you know, they're completely be bewildered <laughs> by it. <laughs> by it. Um, so good luck in navigating the magic roundabout on the way home. And, uh, I've done it on the way here, and if I manage it on the way home, I want the T-shirt. I'm from Germany, but I managed to manage it. Yeah, I survived. Uh, so Christoph Harvey from Death Center, thank you very much. Thank you very much for the time.